All right, hockey fans, listen up because we've got something special cooked up for playoff season. It's called the Daily Faceoff Playoff Parlay Challenge, and it's going to add some serious spice to your playoff experience. Now, here's the deal every playoff game, you're going to be faced with a handful of questions. It's like your own personal playoff puzzle, and it's free to join. And there are prizes because who doesn't love winning stuff? Daily winners, you're getting hooked up with gift cards. Treat yourself to some nation gear or maybe even your favorite jersey. And for the big dogs, the people who can win an entire round, it's straight, cold, hard cash. We're talking about real dough for your hockey knowledge. So lace up those skates, stretch those thumbs, and get ready to show off your hockey IQ in the daily face-off playoff parlay challenge. Sign up today and play every game day at games.dailyfaceoff.com and prove your puck prowess. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com achieve today. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, Right. For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Hey everybody, it's Chris Terrian, a.k.a. Bundy. And you are watching Nasty Knuckles. Listening to Nasty Knuckles, the Hockey Outlaws Podcast, with your hosts, Terry Nasty Sutemeyer and former Philadelphia Flyer Enforcer Riley Cote, as they go behind the scenes with your favorite NHL players. Time to face off. All right, welcome back. What is happening, Nasty? What's up, Rigorelia? What are you saying, buddy? Not much. Just dealing with some uh, technical difficulties of a mic issue today. So here we are. I think you've uh, some of me has rubbed off on you with your uh, yeah, yeah, right. technology. <laughs> I can't I'm going to blame it on technology. It's not the operator, Nasty. This is not the operator. Yeah, I hear you. Uh, what's going on? So what's buddy? going on in the hockey world? We're, round two is underway, Nast. Yeah, underway. Uh, as we are recording our pre and post for this week's show, um, pretty interesting uh, first round, man. A lot of game sevens, which is awesome. Oh man, okay. Um, just Dog so much fight. fun. Yeah, so much fun to watch, man. That I tell you what, that Dallas Calgary series. I mean, I think Calgary's probably in the end a better team, but. Mm-hmm. Ottinger and net for Dallas. And I mean, they just battled Michael raffle, man. I was, I was messaging um, with him during the series, but I, he yeah. got hit the other night. I mean, you talk about a war, this guy, he went through a, a war on the ice, yeah. you know, like he got hit the other night and I saw it posted. I must've missed it during the game. And I sent it to Scott Lawton. I sent him the video and he goes, man, he just takes a beating. And he just keeps getting up. He's a big body, man. He's a big body. He is a big. I don't think people understand how big of a guy Rafi is and how strong yeah. he is. Yeah, uh, just you know, it took kind of found out, and uh, I think it was game one where Rafi yeah got in a little tilly, and I would say Rafa got the best of it. Uh, I agree. But but anyway, what a series, man! And you know Johnny Gaudreau, good for him getting that you know overtime goal. Oh yeah, that's huge. I mean, right? I didn't think. I thought Dallas was going to win because I didn't think Ottinger could be scored on. I mean, the way yeah, he was playing and like confidence. That, right? um, but man, if he uh, if his career keeps going this way, he's going to have a hell of a career. Um, he's only twenty three years old, you know. But uh, anyway, yeah. looking forward to to uh, the Panthers and the and the Lightning. Almost said the Heat. Yeah, <laughs> the, <Lightning laughs> and the Panthers series, obviously with uh, buddies of ours on both teams. So you know, yep. but. Uh, 
I, I think Florida might get by him this year. I know your, your prediction's already done, so you're not allowed to say <laughs> Way you, off with that. You lost. Hey, but Carts and Sid and the boys appreciated your pick. Oh, yeah. Well, that was legit. You know, they were up 3-1. And the poor Louis Domingue. I mean, he he did the best he could. And yep. God bless him, man. That's just that, that's that's tough step in a series like that. But that first night when he came in in overtime and stopped all 13 shots was yep. pretty impressive. They ended up winning that game. And it looked like they, they were going to win that series, you know. But, uh, yeah. Never know. No That's why the games, right? Yeah, for sure. And we got to bring up the uh, the Toronto Tampa series just briefly because oh boy, you can what a series. I guess thank God for you guys. Calgary's still in it, right? Well, exactly. Yeah, we got the Battle of, the Al- of Alberta going on, so that makes up for Toronto. And yeah, Toronto yeah. just can't just can't get over the hump, man. It's just back to square one what a year they had too and to go out like that man jeez it's Tough. it's funny i was uh watching uh stammer uh steve stamkos do his post-game interview uh with the media um and he was they were asking him about that and he's like he, he basically he gave them a lot of credit he goes you don't understand they're a really good team he goes yeah but, you know, it happened with us too you have to get over that hump once you get over it yeah. once you know, it's a it's mental, and you you almost could just feel it, even though we're not there. That oh boy, game seven. You know, and how many times in the last few years has it blown up on a member uh, years ago when Reamer yeah. JBR was still in Toronto, and they they had that meltdown against Boston that night uh, to, to go on to the second round, and it's just you know last year you you kind of feel for those guys because you know they're giving it everything they have. But it's mm-hmm. almost like a mental block, and and you can't take anything away from Tampa either, man. Like, oh yeah, they know how to win. I mean, they, if you if you're in a game seven, you probably don't want to play Tampa just because. Yeah, I, I couldn't agree with you more. They're the most and, experienced. You know, and, and they're going around. without you know, you know, point gets hurt. Um, yeah, I mean, it's he's tough. a major tough part luck. of their team. Yeah, they just they know how to win, and it's scary. I mean, they're a scary team. So, yeah, no, I, I, I did feel bad for Toronto, but, man, it is what it is. Yeah. And then old Mitch Marner got hijacked. How about that? Oh, man. What a shame. Oh, my That's God. That's crazy, eh? It's crazy. Hey, what's, what's wrong with people? Holy cow. Yeah. <laughs> I, mean, I know, right? Like, it's probably, just, a, probably a better way to express your frustrations than hi- hijacking a car from – Well, well, they said – I read something and it could have been wrong because you never know, but they said that the the guys that did it didn't realize it was Mitch Marner. Oh, really? Just a, that's just a young looking guy that could, probably couldn't defend himself and look vulnerable. Yeah, he's not a very big guy. No, <laughs> you know, he's not. It's like at me all. getting carjacked. Like, yeah, exactly. Look at that. Like, <laughs> trying for the taking right there. <laughs> big target yeah. on your back. It is scary, though. I mean, no, that's, yeah, that's terrible. It's not, it's not a good thing, but, um, but, um, thank God he's okay. And you know, he's got enough money to buy another car if they did get it. Yeah. He'll be fine. He'll be fine. Hopefully, uh, the, the best insurance around. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> um, all right. Now episode 74 Bundy in studio 2.0 beauty. He read a beauty. I think we're ready to rock. Let's do it. Episode 74 presented to you by Cureleaf, cureleaf.com, medical marijuana dispensary. Check them out for all your pain management needs, cureleaf.com. Episode 74, let's go, Nast. Let's go. Welcome back. I'm Riley Cote. And I'm Derek Suttlemeyer. And this week, we have our main man in 2.0. 2.0. He does it all. A Flyers <laughs> legend. <laughs> Played here forever. He's got Snow the Goalie yeah. podcast. Yes, sir. You do? Yes, sir. Pencil- Friend of the show, by the way. Yes. Pennsylvania, uh, your rehab center, recovery center. Uh, you do it all. Mr. Chris Tarian. welcome yeah. to the show, brother. Guys, love you. You know that. I mean, I've been on here before. I think I, was, I, think I came on like 8th or ninth last year when you guys started, so... That was high enough for me. Anytime you're top 10 in anything, <laughs> yeah, right. that's Big good. Big time, so you're right? top it's 10 great, for sure. Great to be back, though, guys. You guys have had a, have a great show. 
watch it every week. Great guests and, and great hockey coverage. So uh, let's rock it for a little while here. And yeah. So here we go. Uh, yeah, I appreciate you coming on. Yeah, yeah, man. We appreciate having you, dog. You know that, man. Yeah, You're my main man. We've been we've been buddies a long, long, long time, time, man. Long, long time. Um, and uh, speaking of uh, – your show, like you guys, do a great job too, man. We listen. Yeah. And, um, you guys, you guys are awesome. I love the love the rants. I love the. I, <laughs> yeah. I, I shouldn't even say rants. It's, it's pretty much factual. Yeah, right. I, just, I just love <laughs> just the, Bundy talking. I love the yeah. intensity. I love the intensity. That's that's for sure. But uh, I just wanted to start off, uh, dog, talking about the playoffs. Yeah. What, what are your thoughts right now in these uh, series? Well, I'll tell you what. You know, coming off the heels of that Tampa uh, Toronto game the other night, the overtime game where point scores the winner. I mean, that's unbelievable, right? Like, what a great game. I, I think it's been up and down, uh, you know, in, in terms of, like, you know, Nashville uh, and Colorado. They've been done for so long. Yeah, I know, right? I know. The series Forget. is on. And, and then, you know, and then you go to our buddy Chief. I mean, like, what a good coach he is. Um, like, yeah. I mean, so you look at the series, right? They're down. They get thumped in game three. Right. They're down 2-1. That's a pretty tough spot to be in. And what does Chief and his team do? They just run three, run through them right three straight. Yeah, just remarkable. Really, an amazing coach. Uh, but he's got the right guys, and he's been able to push the buttons. Playoffs have been good, guys. I mean, I think you know, um, L.A. I mean, there's probably series that are are uh, are closer than um, I thought they might have been, like yeah, Washington, Florida. You know, right. even Calgary, Dallas. Mm-hmm. At L.A., you know, L.A. is like kind of greasy with good goaltending, and, yeah. and they're making it interesting at Edmonton, but. Uh, Boston, Carolina, great series. Yeah, no yeah. so, I didn't. I didn't think it would go seven after those first two games. To be honest with you, yeah, all home teams, right? Dog? Yeah, they are right. all winning the, yeah, those all. games. Yeah, so yeah. Now you, it's a toss up, man. Game seven. You, I mean, you know that. Like, who knows what happens now? Yeah, yeah. Same and the same with the Rangers, right? Like the Rangers yeah. going to Pittsburgh. And I just saw. I was watching, reading some of the art stuff from last night. Like they're a favorite tonight in Pittsburgh. Wow. With Crosby out. Oh, Most yeah, likely out true. with a, the upper body injury, yeah. which probably, I, I'm guessing, might must be a head injury. Yeah, I mean, he was hit so. right Actually, I can speculate now. Yeah, it's yeah, a head can, injury. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it yeah, happens. Right. It's too many years doing the broadcast. Right? Yeah, I know, right? You can't speculate. He, he, you could see, like, as soon as he was hit, went down, he got up, went right to the bench. Like, yeah. you could tell he knew something yeah. wasn't right there, but... Uh, yeah, I mean it's been pretty entertaining. You, like you said with Chief, like man, did they turn it on? And and he made that switch, and I was kidding around. Benner made me nervous the first night, uh, Bennington. Yeah, like watching him, and he just looked like he was kind of fighting. But of course, he hasn't played either in a while. But uh, he and he just, he did it. I mean, he played well in the last three three games, obviously. And there's so many buttons you have to push in a playoff series, too, right? Like you know, like you, you oh, get yeah. in there and you got you try to figure out like. You know where everybody's at. You get, when guys come in in the morning of a game, you kind of look at everybody, see where they're at, and so and then you're managing your goaltending situation, dude. Because you know guys get sensitive. Oh yeah. You know, yeah. Oh, oh geez, yeah. I'm not starting tonight. But for some reason, Chief gets guys to get past that and focus on what the task is, and that's the game and winning that game and moving on, closing out a series. You know, it's funny when you look at all these series. Uh, it's been really hard to close series out. Now, uh, Colorado did it right. And Craig Berube did it last night. The other games, a lot of them are going seven and, yeah. and are, yeah. are dragging along. He closed out that thing in six. Yeah. Yeah, I, yeah it was they, big. Yeah, they played well. I mean, he is he is a great coach. We he know is. that. He's a, great, he's a great friend of ours. So, yeah. obviously, and, you know, and a flyer, you know, certainly had all the characteristics of the flyers over the years. So, but, I mean, just just a great guy, great coach. And, and it's for some reason, you know, and, and by the way, like, I, I don't I know, I know Florida and, and Washington, but part of me really, two guys, like, from the East, I don't know. I don't like to pick sides or anything, but I really find myself rooting for Wayne Simmons. Yeah, always like I, know. I, I really do. Like for for my time doing between the benches and the years here, to me he was like the greatest flyer through that era. Yeah, for me, like just unbelievable to help me with with interviews. He knew that I wasn't you know by nature a broadcaster. Like you know we all go into training after hockey to do it. So I was really appreciative of him having him uh, as a reliable guy. You know when we were up five or down three. The end of a game, Simmer was there, and and so from that standpoint, I really think that what he's poured into this team and this league, I'd love to see him win. Yeah, yeah, I agree with that hundred percent. Yeah, he was a legendary flyer, and you know, you know, he obviously took a lesser role these past couple years, um, but um, he is. He's one of a kind. He's one of the last, you know, the last standing, real legitimate tough guys to still play. Still can obviously yep. play the game, but uh, as that the element of of toughness to the Toronto Maple Leafs. <laughs> he comes. Yeah. I mean, he comes in the Philly, right? You got right. exact. Uh, yeah, right. Yeah, mops him up. And there's Simmer at the end, like you know, in a game that was kind of out of reach, and he's like, "Let let's do this. We'll do it." And he just yeah. doesn't. You know, I'll, I'll separate, you know, we don't care. Yeah, right. So, exactly. 
Yeah, that's one of those. He's one of those guys too. Like you know, I see Sarah walking. We'd see him before games, and the joke was, "Geez, he looks like he's got a pair of like you know some dental floss hanging yeah. off his." Off it's his amazing. Shorts. Yeah, right. His legs are like that, right? And then he's the last guy you'd ever want to mix it up with out oh, there. Yeah. Guys don't know sometimes. They're like, "Oh man, I yeah. found out the wrong way." He's, that reputation's already way ahead of him now. But yeah. but yeah. at one time, oh yeah, <laughs> right. Hard realize how explosive he is until he starts and how strong he is face. on his skates. Oh yeah, I mean, yeah, great for, balance. Like yeah. you said, I mean, just. His little legs, like my legs, are the size of Simmers. They're thin, not as thin long, legs, but... long, thin legs. Yeah, yeah just amazing, amazing uh, strength he had too. Yeah, Core strength. Yeah, what an amazing attitude though, too. You know, t- going towards the end of his career and fighting more than he ever has. Like yeah. he, you know, even in his prime, he, he was obviously shit. scoring thirty goals a year there, um, playing power play and, and the whole bit. He was fighting, but not as much as he has. And I understand he's taking a lesser role, but but to show up and, and do that. After um, he's had after, a celebrated career. Yeah, right. Yeah, it's it's yeah. not an easy thing to do. I, yep. I can tell you for myself, like, as I started fighting more, I was like, I want to fight less. Like, I would, I would love <laughs> to fight less, you know, and not have to keep prove, having to prove myself, you know. I get that a lot, Riley, too. I guess I ask you guys, you know, I talk to a lot of these tough guys, and I know we're going to talk about what, what what's going on with, with that, but it's funny. I talk to a lot of tough guys at the end of the careers, and, and some of them almost, and I wonder about you, are like, man, I look back some days, I'm like, what was I thinking? Yeah. <laughs> like, I mean, there you, you see the human part of, of the NHL enforcer or the American, you know, the hockey enforcer and what they really thought. You know, we always thought they were the guy that was loving that wait, waiting on that fight. That was really never the case. Yeah. You know, you had a few guys that loved it. Yeah, very few, I think. But there's some guys that really did it as a job. And yeah. good at it. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it wears on you, man. Like, there's nothing normal about fighting, especially in hockey where you're fighting. Well, you know, back in the day, you're fighting upwards to 30 times a year. It wasn't like you're fighting, you know, boxing, UFC, you're fighting two or three times a year. It's emotionally draining. Even the games that you didn't fight, you're you're amping yourself up to yeah, fight. You know what I mean? Let me tell you, pots of coffee. Amped. You yeah. were always yeah, I was always I can't speak at a, any level like you guys, but I will say this is is and I always looked at it like the worst part of the fight actually wasn't the fight. Hundred percent. It was the lead up. Of, you know, looking at the sheet like, okay, does he want to go tonight? Does he not want? That's go? exactly it. Uh, that was the hardest I, part. I've said to you a bunch of times. I I think thank God I never had to do anything like that because I'm 0-4-1 in my advice uh, <laughs> uh, in my life. I'm 0-4-1. I'd love to see that one though. Yeah, 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 right? yeah. <laughs> um, but uh, I would think if I had to fight like that, yeah, I'd rather it be like you hit me and I, we just turn around and we go. Just go. Yeah, not yeah, not yeah. like, hey, dog, you want to go? And everyone's standing up, ding, ding, ding. Yeah. They play, they do the bell in their arenas and, and then you got to square off like, I, well, I don't know. Like, you guys did that I, stuff. So I only I don't, I don't have, like, a Riley Cote fight card under me, but I, I will tell you the most human story to my side of it was I had a fight against Jeff Audrey. It's on, yeah, it's, it's a good tough fight. dude, man. But what was great about that was I'd never thought of it. I never had to think before the game that I was going to have to fight, you know, real farm tough guy yeah, you know, right. of Western Canada. And I did well. What I, what, here's, here's the other side of it. We were playing back. That was in the fall. We were playing back in Colorado in, like, early March. And Dave Brown comes up to me about two weeks before that game. He's the assistant coach now. He says, hey, make sure you hit the weights and get, get ready. He goes, because that Audrey's is probably going to come back for you. You did a pretty good job on him in Philly. He won't forget. Oh, no. Oh, no. What are you telling me this for? Yeah, right? <laughs> tell me 10 minutes before the game. Don't tell me two weeks. Yeah, I know, right? Come on. Push up, dumbbell curls. Oh, like, man. So I, I, I'm going up to the game, right? So, you know, oh, we're, in, we're at the old uh, the old arena. It wasn't even the new one yet. And uh, I'm out on the ice, and I'm like, I'm like kind of like half like looked at Audrey's. I'm like, all I couldn't even think of the game. <laughs> oh, so man. I'm thinking, like, you, and then the flow started, and the game picked up, and I was out on the ice against him, and nothing happened. So you're like, thank God. So, but two weeks of just like pure hell, hey? You're lucky after the game. You the first time. <laughs> yeah, right? <laughs> he didn't want anything to do with me. You created some space for yourself, yeah. yeah. So, but you know what? But anyway, my, my point is, is that um, that was a totally different experience, and, and having an understanding for what you guys did. Yeah. That's what I'm trying to say. It's different when you, you just said, Doc, yeah. drop the gloves and go. Yeah. Never think it's okay. You get punched. You don't even feel the punches in the fight. Yeah. It's the lead up. That's the part that guys get stuck. 100%. That any human being would not want to have oh, to man. forecast. Yeah. And that's what gets really old is the the lead up to the fight and just the thinking about it. You're getting in the mind all the time. You're in the mind. And like, you know, once you get in the fight, you're 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 in the fight, you're in like the flow. Like now it's intuition. You're no longer thinking anymore. You're just fighting, right? Right. And that's like the like you said, like the best part of it all is the fight. That yes. was the easiest part of it. The as, phys- part. as physically demanding as it was, 
it was all the mental, the, the mind game of it all was just like, again, when's it going to happen? Is it going to happen? Yeah. You know, how is this going to go down? You know, I, I'd almost rather them dinging the bell saying 10 minutes into the first period, you're fighting. Yes. Versus like having to think, is it, you know, yeah. is this the time? Is this Watching it? You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> Someone get hit. I got to get over it. <laughs> Over, <laughs> overthinking it's, every piece of it. It's funny, dog. You, you said that about Brownie because uh, a quick story about him. My dad told me when he got called up uh, from Maine, uh, way, obviously way back in the day. He gets there, and everybody knew he was scary, big left-hander. So McCammon, I guess, the coach, Bob McCammon, yeah. God rest him, passed away. Um, but, uh, you know, he, he hadn't played him yet in the game, and something had happened, and they had a face-off right beside the bench, and Brownie goes, hey, man. If I ever get out there, I'm going to fucking kill you. Yeah. <laughs> and all the guys are like, put him out there, KG. So he throws him out there. And that was the beginning of the brown dog, oh, yeah. who eventually was the heavyweight Big for a laps, while. Yeah. I mean, I would say one of the top, obviously the top heavyweights in the league. Oh, it was that, sure. yeah, that 80s crowd yeah, of the Probert, Coaster. Some scary, scary dudes. Yeah, man. it was a different animal back but then. Brownie, he's awesome. What a good man he is. God, yeah, he's, he's a great awesome. guy. He was my first roommate, too. Oh, is he really? really? When I came in, yeah. yeah so he's... Uh, he was, he was something else. But, I mean, you talk about, like, you know, you go back. We actually looked at other guys, like, my first year in the spectrum. You know, I was a college kid, you know, and, and uh, you know, I came in. And when I went in, like, I really – I was so so glad I got to experience the Philadelphia spectrum in so many ways because, you know, I really did see guys with Philly flu. I saw the oh, fans yeah. over top of you. Oh, like, you were, in Philly. They were like, right was, on top of you, man. It was just an incredible building. And, and, and with that kind of, like, you know, the Philadelphia Flyers mantra of that, the tough guys, you mm-hmm. know, and Dave Brown was, was the king of that, you know, yeah, uh, at that sure. era. So, for sure. yeah, no doubt. Before we jump into one of your new projects, yeah. uh, talk a little Flyers hockey, the, uh, how, horribly how did we get sh- here? Yeah. Yeah. How, how did we, we, get, how here? we get here? Well, you know what? I think the problem is, I think when you have a team like this in, in a salary cap era is you can't be wrong mm-hmm. about what happened. So the Nolan Patrick first, I don't, Oof. I go back well before that. Yeah. Um, everybody kind of gives like, you know, like they look at the, like the team, first of all, one team wins, right? Right. At the end of the year and, and 30 others saw some teams go home and they're trying to retool to figure out what happened, whether you're the last place team in the league or you were eliminated in the semis of the, of the playoffs. But I look back at the flyers. First of all, many things have happened here. Mm-hmm. Um, the, the young, the, the core of guys they have here as advertised, were not as good as, as advertised. I agree. Um, Provorov, Konechny, they're not they're not bad players. Don't get me wrong, but they're not Kale McCarr right. and Nathan McKinnon. That's why the Patrick miss to me became such a big thing because yeah. you've essentially had the two the number two pick and all four of the next five guys are all all ended up being really will have amazing NHL careers. A couple of guys stumbled this like Pedersen had a rough year this year in Vancouver, not that by the standards he had. The, so then you combine. So then you combine a bad product. You had you've had Carter Hart too, who I think is a good goalie, and I and I think he's going to build himself up again with the right coach in here to kind of rebuild wherever whatever's going on up there. Mm-hmm. But when you see that much that rubber coming at you and that many chances coming at you, um, it, you're you're not going to get helped a lot, right? Yeah. Like there's a lot of deficiencies here. I mean, you had Keith Keith Yandel this year. No disrespect to him. I know he's a great guy. Um, he shouldn't have been playing in the league this year. I mean, no offense to him. I mean, he may be the power play, but I mean, he was minus 41, 42, something yeah. like that. Oh, yeah. Baller. You know, those, and again, he's had an amazing career. He played over a thousand games. It would be like me saying in my last year that I should have been, I shouldn't have been playing, but I was still in the league and I probably wasn't good, good enough or at the time even physically good enough to be playing at that time. Yeah. Um, so there's a lot of a lot of things happened uh, in the years, but to me the biggest part, the biggest problem with this whole Flyer team, is the problems and the animosity they've created themselves with their own fan base. Yeah, and that's the business side. I mean, like when you look at what they've done in Philadelphia, doing things for the the sheer purpose of just doing them. Like, okay, so you come out, it started off, the business side wanted to put an implant, uh, you know, like their handprint on what's going on here. So let's remove the statues. Yeah. We'll start cleaning statues out of the, the side of the building. Um, and then we're going to start firing alumni. We're going to yeah. start making all these changes. We're going to start uh, turning the history of this team of what was once great by a private owner that loved his fans and his players and the community more than anything. You put a corporation in and they've destroyed the fabric of what Philadelphia Flyers organization is you know i've said during the year you can be a sh- you can be a shitty team it happens right but you cannot devolve into a shitty organization 100 percent. and that's what's happened and until somebody decides that they need to take this horse by the, by the reins and, and make the change and say let's get rid of whatever this is it's not working it's not working so you know yeah i mean look at guys i mean 
Yeah, Riley, you were there in 2006, six seven. Mm-hmm. I mean, they were the worst team in the league, the yep. Flyers. It was my first year out of hockey. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> they were still getting 19,000 people a game. Yeah, yeah. I, I've said that, too. Yeah. We were, in the 40 years of the team, it was the worst year, but the place was sold out every night. Uh, and the other thing, too, and, and, and I say this, you know, and, and, because I don't think it's it's a huge issue, but it's something that they have to, to repair. The physicality of the league has hurt attendance, whether they want to believe it or not. The lack of physicality. Right, 100%. Uh, you know, the, I mean, you hear it from the pundits, the hockey people, and someone's going to say, oh, look at these old dinosaurs. No. Yeah. No, I'm sorry. It's what's sold. It's yeah. what worked. Yeah. They had a beautiful blueprint of an amazing league that forced you to compete, forced yeah. you to be competitive. Um Fans were sitting on a powder keg every night. That doesn't mean that we are advocating for line brawls or bench brawls. I'm not. Yeah. I'm advocating and asking and demanding that they find a way to increase the competitiveness in the league, in a league that's no longer competitive. I love the Stanley Cup playoffs right now. Guys, yeah. the regular yeah. season is a disgrace. I it's becoming like the NBA. Yeah. And if they don't be careful, the Philadelphia Flyers standard, whether they have a good team or not, is never going to fill that building ever again. I don't care what the level of talent is like. And let me have a Stanley Cup winning team, but you got to get it right. Yeah. And right now, the crap they're selling, the gritty, the extra gritty, yeah, all yeah. the other, all that stuff. Nobody wants that. You know what they want? A they want to talk to the guy in their seats. <laughs> they want a good team. They want to see a hard nosed Philadelphia team because that's what this city's been about blue collar, hard nosed. They, sure. they want a Stanley Cup in the infancy of their franchise, and that's transcended through generations. Yeah. Um, and you know what else? They want to listen to organ music. They want to talk to their people, the, the guy next to them at games. They yeah. just want to go watch a hockey game. They don't want to see some big, giant, you know, uh, orange mascot obstructing their view yeah. and trying to put a focus on himself. Yeah, right. You know? So grow up, get with the picture. <laughs> and the people that do work in the corporate side, they probably shouldn't be. If they're not from Philadelphia. This is a unique, special sports town. I agree. And you can't have people from the outside coming in here and putting their handprint on it when they have absolutely zero clue what they're doing. And those people have zero clue what they're doing. Yeah, you, you know, you, you said so many, you know, real things there. And do you think they deliberately yep. blew up the culture of Flyers? I do. Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, it the, almost the lady seems that like runs it. Valerie Camille. I mean, she when she came in, she she said, "Flyers fans will have to adapt." Yeah. What does that mean? Adapt to what? To your handprint putting put on the team? I don't know. I mean, I don't know what that means. Does it mean we're gonna drape we're gonna put a, a drape over a statue and then rip it out and bring it out, you know? And then have an entire community try to get it in their towns? Yeah. <laughs> it's almost yeah, yeah. it almost seems deliberately done to erase the history of the Flyers so they could put this new corporate new age but f- that, fingerprint on it. But like there's gotta be a way to 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 have both, like still preserve the alumni and and honor them, have them around the rink. They don't even want to come anymore. Well, the alum, yeah, the, you're right. The alumni doesn't really. I mean, I know they're trying to do stuff. And Brad Marshy does a great job. Amazing job. Like I said yeah. this year, guys. Let's be honest with you. I think the Flyers organization themselves, like in the business, I know that you know they're they're still there and they're going to run their team how they run it. But f- for the alumni events, uh, the Hall of Fame um, weekend in the game. Uh, just get out of the way. Let the alumni people handle it that know what they're doing. Right. Don't, don't try to be involved anymore. Um, I think a lot of those people are more there for their photo ops than they are anything else. Sure. Um, someone said, remind them of a human photo, a walking photo op. <laughs> yeah. It's like, here, let me jump in any picture I can get into. <laughs> yeah, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, you know what? It's, it's, it's this, this organization's about way more than that. And um, I, I know at the end of the year, I think they tried to do some things differently. Uh but it looked like it was just because a bunch of people were complaining about it. <laughs> so yeah. it's like, let's try something different. Yeah, no, I, I, I agree. Uh, the essence of the Flyers is, has been lost. and It kills the fan base. It kills the fan base. Yeah. And then again, the product on the ice, like there's, there's no identity. Losing games happens, but like you, you can lose a right way and you can lose a wrong way, you know? And I think like there was no fight, not even without the fighting. It was like, there's just no fight uh, Yeah, and all. even Atkinson said, like, they're too easy to play against. Too easy. The team and, 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 you know, and then people go down. They don't want to, you know, and then, and then the Flyers were dealing with stuff too in the city stuff this year, like with the uh, the Vax cards and, and the right. yeah, and stuff. And, and don't think for a second that didn't hurt. That absolutely hurt. Yeah, sure. For yeah. sure. I mean, I went down to the Thanksgiving Day game, guys, the Black Friday game, yeah. and I drove in with my son and, and Rick, my buddy, you guys know, and I left. There was a thousand people waiting at the door to get in. I'm like, I'm not staying here. <laughs> The first really? period, the first period, oh, was five minutes, they had to get through. They oh, were yeah, checking yeah. everything, oh, right. Right. The, the, the digital tickets. Yeah, and I left. Hmm. Yeah, I'm like I'm not staying for this. So we went and ate Mexican food. There you go. We watched it on TV and watched it <laughs> like guacamole. Uh, I wanted to ask your opinion uh, if if Ellis hadn't gotten hurt and Coots say those two t- those two guys. 
How different is the season? They're closer, but they're still down at the bottom of the right. pack. Yeah, I agree. I don't, I mean, you know, you're talking about a Ryan Ellis if you get the kid healthy all year. You know, I'm, yeah, we're a better team with him. We're a better team with Coots. I still don't think that that would have made them a top six team. I, I agree. It yeah. does, it, I don't think it mattered. Yeah. And I said, like, I mean, I've been, I've been pretty straightforward. I mean, I, I even said it maybe, maybe that's why I'm not working there anymore. But, I mean, I've said, like, they should have, they probably should have in terms of what they were at for re, re, rebuilding or retooling. To me, I mean, I know some people would say you're crazy for saying it. I think some people are saying you're right. They should have traded Giroux five years ago. Five years ago, yeah. Yep. He was here at the time for seven or eight years already. Yeah. Um, you'd had a glimpse already of the five previous playoff windows. And I think that just, just for an asset retention, right. if you're going to trade, I'm not saying get rid of them for any kind of personality thing, maybe four, right? So you go back, but you're saying there came, but there came a window and I know you couldn't get him to easily buy into that because he had a, that no okay. movement mm-hmm. and he was not willing to move that. I mean, there's a way around that. If you, you know, if your GMs, you know, really wants to move a guy, I think he can, but I think that's where it had to start. And the, the, you know, to me, that's where the retool had to begin because I think with a guy like that, the assets you could get at a point where his peak is so high. Yeah, uh, I was always worried about the younger guys coming up with G. There's nothing about G and his talent or what he's done in Philadelphia. He's had a wonderful career here. I always just felt like he was far enough along with Voracek where the other guys were still trying to catch up as they were newcomers in the league. Mm-hmm. So there was that separation in a lot of ways. Interesting. Um, yeah. yeah, I just just from an asset, just from trying to get yeah. assets back or, or younger players getting younger. And I know it's a hard thing to do. Yeah, it is. It is. Yeah. You so know, if he'd it, won three cups, you know, nobody was trading Crosby, but that wasn't the case. Yeah, right. Right. Yeah. So what does a retool look like this yeah. this off season? Like what does that look like in your eyes? Because I mean that word word keeps to be thrown around. Well, I'm a I'm a believer more in a rebuild. Rebuild, hundred yeah. percent. Yeah. Well, a rebuild means so when I look at a rebuild, I actually look at the Rangers in a lot of ways, and they got a little bit lucky. Like they had to go get Panarin. They mm-hmm. made a trade. Remember, I saying like getting rid of uh, guys like a, a Zabanajad came in a few years ago. Yeah. yeah, that was a guy that they kind of kept in. They knew he'd be a long term piece, and you have to have one of those. I think coming in, Panarin became a good piece. Fox ended up coming out and being like a revelation in yeah, a lot of ways. Yeah, um, uh, Jacob Truba had a better year this year than he did previously, and then you know like Shostakin, they got you know what you yeah. think is the uh, the mirror replica, what you're hoping in Carter Hart, right? Shostakin yeah. had an amazing year. He may even win the Hart Trophy. There's people right. talking about. He won't, but. Yeah, but he's going to be up he's there. In the top, the, yeah. So I think that's what it looks like. But you have to be patient, and I think you have to let the fan base know that hey, this is the path we're traveling right now. Yeah, you got to be careful. There's the, the the word like I don't know if GMs think about it. the word retool is completely different than rebuild. Yeah, you know when you I don't know if the fans here want to hear about a retool. Yeah, <laughs> smoke and mirrors, right? Like it's we've been retooling here for eight years. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, you're better off being honest with them and you know, just I've, being listening to yeah, and rebuilding. I, and, I, and I've watched every bit of it, you know, from like right. broadcasting. I've sat ringside. I've sat in the – I haven't missed a Flyers game since 1995, wow. 94. You know, and so that's that's why I have an opinion on it, and that's the things I've seen. I'm not a GM. Some GM may tell me to go pound sand somewhere. I don't care, but I've been around. I have a hockey opinion like you guys do, and, mm-hmm. and those are the things that I think I would have done. And yeah. I think that uh, you know that I think that they just I think they just kept spinning their wheels for too long. Yeah. And I think that uh, that 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 was one of the problems. Yeah. With yeah. with the free agent free agency this summer, like, mm-hmm. what are you targeting Johnny Gaudreau? I'm not. Um, but I mean, again, you know, you need to get guy get your points right. Like, you got to right. have a skilled player in here. Yeah. I, I'm just thinking, like, I'm I'm looking along the lines of like I'm a, I'm. I'm looking forward to having Couturier back. Right. You know, that's a guy, like, I really think he's he's like a, the primo Carnera up front. Mm-hmm. I, I I love, like, Johnny Goudreau's had a great, a really good playoff. It's been a, it's, you know, and he'd been questioned before, years right. before, about whether, you know, what kind of a playoff player he was. He had an amazing year this year. Uh, I'm not even sure he's the best player on that line. Right. To be honest, between Elias Lindholm and, uh, and Matthew Kachuk. You right. know, they do a lot of heavy lifting. Sure. He does a lot yeah. of the setup. But, you know, I want a guy, I, I, I'm looking guys like somebody that set the tone barrel right through the middle of that ice, get to the net, change the mindset of the team. You know, as we said, too easy to play this year. I'm a big, I like big center icemen. Yeah. Uh, guys that get through, play the body. I yeah. mean, yeah, what I, I shouldn't say I don't want him here. I don't, I don't know what's out there, Riley. And I don't know really yeah, what the guys' either. chances are in terms of where they want to go. Yeah. It makes right. sense because he's from here. Right. Um, that's a lot of money though. Again, is Johnny Goodrow, if you overpay him, which you will, or you maybe pay, give him a fair contract, you make a lot of money, come here. Is he going to make this team immediately a playoff contender? I don't think so. Yeah. 
I don't know, but I don't think so. Yeah. Yeah, there's probably very few players that would do that, right? With Free, this group, with this right, group now. right now. Yeah. I mean, and, and, you know, like Mike Yo at the end of the year, I mean, you can say what you want about the coach. Mike Yo, not me or not you guys, he said Scotty Bowman and Toe Blake couldn't win with this team. <laughs> yeah, right. Right. He did say he that. He did say that. Yeah. So, I mean, that's that's an indictment. You're basically telling your GM you got a terrible team here and we weren't going to win with it. Yeah. I didn't. No one else said that. He didn't. Yeah. So I mean, if you're so if you're gonna have so is Barry Trotz the modern day version of Toe Blake or Scotty Bowman? He might be. Mm-hmm. So why would you want him? Here? Yeah, yeah. If right. He's not gonna win with these guys. Yeah. Well, I'd say where, where do you where do you think the the coaching change is headed? There's a few names thrown around. You said Barry Trotz. Yeah, Barry Trotz will be one of them. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I know, like John Torrellos talk. Maybe. Talk. I, I mean, do you, th- you think bringing back to. some Flyers culture in, in, into the mix, or is it? I like talk. You know, yeah. he's been around. Like it's not like he's been implanted here for this whole year, and now they're gonna elevate him to coach. I mean, he's been in Arizona. He's yeah. been he's been yeah. one Pittsburgh. Stanley Cups in Pittsburgh. You know, so I think he's he's got a good pretty good pulse on. On what he has, I think you know a lot of coaches now. Guys get hired. If you talk to GMs, they they hire coaches now tailored to, you know, work with with the modern day athlete. Hundred percent, right? Yeah. That's true. Better yeah. communicators, more like you know, like when I used ground to, level. We had a bad game. I'd have a GM call me and be like, "You were horse shit last night, and I don't want to fucking ever see it again." <laughs> yeah. Now, if a guy has a rough game, he's like, "Hey, is everything okay? Yeah, yeah. I'll Can miss. I help you Remember, out? Like, Clark- what- Clarky coming down the one night <clears throat> telling you guys you better put wheels on your homes because I'll get rid of every fucking one of you. Every one of you guys should buy a trailer yeah. and put fucking wheels on it. Yeah. You're That's all great. in motion. Yeah. That was rough. I mean, I've had like a GM like come down to the locker. I remember one time he came down, he ragged like 10 guys, and I'm sitting there and I'm like, oh, boy, I hope I get away with this. Like, yeah, right. I just kind of side stuff. So I'm sitting next to the yard, right? Get my, we're half dressed. We played Dallas that night. We, that was a 12 in a row that we'd lost it back in 99, oh I think, God. or going into the 2000 playoffs. <laughs> and he gets around, and I'm just trying to like keep my head down, like look at the car. <laughs> you know? and, and all I I hear, and fucking you, Bundy. He goes, poor Desjardins having to play with you every night. <laughs> and I'm like, God, I'm like, fuck, that was, was hiding. <laughs> 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 oh, oh, man, man that was classic. I, I remember him coming in. Uh, it got so bad with the Phantoms. He actually came down. Homer brought him down, Clarky, to talk the one oh, yeah. day. But we had Pavel Brendel. Oh. And we had these. We had this one kid, Pletka, who had a lot of skill. I actually think he scored the one game he got called up he actually scored his name was uh his last name was pletka and anyway he clarky comes down everybody's in the room trainers everyone and he just goes okay first off guys pletka you're done he goes go upstairs diana will give you uh everything you need you're going home you quit on this team you're out of here and we're and i got everybody's attention right and he goes and he looks over at pav pavel brendel and goes and pav pavel you're on fucking speed dial kid like that, and and, Brent, and Brendel goes like he goes, and I'm like, oh, <laughs> I'm glad he didn't see that. He gave him the old, you know. Oh, yeah, he had the worst but, attitude. But eh? uh, yeah, yeah, he was, yeah, he was bad. But uh, I remember Johnny Leclerc one night we were going out, <laughs> going out on the ice, and it was yeah, I sit and wait, like you know, the guys are, are huddling, waiting to go up for warm up, and, and Brendel's there, and he's like, <laughs> and Johnny, and Johnny Leclerc goes, come on, boys. <laughs> Let's feed off of Pavel's energy for this one tonight. <laughs> <laughs> Is that not the truth? Too, though? This oh, guy didn't give a fuck about anything, man. Oh, my God. That's yeah. fucking great. Let's feed off his energy. Oh, man. Well, moving on from Flyers, Bundy. You got a pretty interesting project that you uh, recently signed on to. Why don't you talk about it a little bit? Yeah, Ice Wars. Uh, I've had out to Edmonton May 21st. I'm going to be out there all next week uh, preparing for it. They're treating it like – so it's a new event. You know, you guys had the, uh, AJ Galante on. And you know what's really cool with this whole – with the whole how it happened was I got a call about two months ago from a gentleman named Charlie Nama. And he says, Chris, how are you? He says, my name's Charlie. And I'm looking for a broadcaster for an event I have coming on. And Joe and Jimmy – Joe Watson – uh, is from my hometown of Smithers, British Columbia. No way. And he said, <laughs> Joe Watson, Joe Watson. He says, well, you know, Bundy was a really good announcer for the team, and he'd do a hell of a good job. He likes to talk, and he'd add some color and character to it. So I said, well, let me think about it, and I'll get back to you. So I, you know, as more came on, I learned about the players involved and, and what this was and talked to some people. 
And I said, you know what? Let, let me do this. So Ice Wars, I'm going to be, you know, and, and talking to AJ, what's really interesting with the concept, it'll be, and it's on pay-per-view. Like, I mean, this is a big, big thing. It's pay-per-view on, on, on fight.tv, uh, May 21st. So it's 9 o'clock Eastern time, 7 o'clock out there. We're hoping one of those, we don't have to deal with the Battle of Alberta, but we'll move on to that after, yeah. which could be staring us down. But you know what? I really think, though, guys, like in terms of the culture uh, of fighting, and, you know, talking to other guys, Riley, you've been in, but there's a whole culture outside of hockey rinks, too. The yep. guys, like, you know, like we have one guy who's uh, fighting, his name's Hunter Warner. Like, he was a hockey player uh, signed by the Wild at 18 years old. Um, he's oh. a professional boxer now. No way. That's what he does. He quit hockey to be a, a heavyweight oh. boxer, wow. so he's trying to train in that. So there's, there's, a, there's, a, there's a culture out there. I know the game, you know, as we were talking about fighting earlier and, and how the NHL has, is trying to change the thoughts uh, of the concussions. Uh, in many ways, like Gary Bettman almost denies that concussions even exist. Yeah. Uh, I'm not one of those guys. Um, I've had concussions or from playing hard over the years. Never had one from a fight. Uh, but that was one of the things. But, you know, when I look at, uh, you know, I think that was a big thing with Ice Wars. I'm, I'm excited about it. There's a cast of characters. Riley, I could tell you, you guys like yourselves were always the best guys in the locker room. The guys that I always had the affinity, um, you know, to, to hang out with, to want to be around. They were the, you guys were the most real guys. And so when I got involved with, with, uh, with AJ and, uh, and Charlie and some of the cast of characters, Frank the Animal. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Frank and me have been friends, I mean, since he was here in Philly. So it's just, I think it's going to be a neat event. I think that the the, the really interesting thing, guys, and I know is everybody's fighting with somebody in the world, yeah. whether it's like someone said, like a couple uncles or a couple aunts on Facebook going at yeah, it over, yeah. over some, you know, uh, you know, Joel Embiid's playoff performance. Yeah. Or James Harden's. <laughs> James uh, Harden. Maybe not showing up for game six. Uh, Taking or something three like shots that. or something. Uh, oh one God. in the second half. And, you know, who's yeah. talking basketball? Yeah, right. Uh, <laughs> but anyway, you know what? My, my point is that I'm, I'm just, uh, I'm a guy that Riley probably always been the same um, colorful good locker room guy and mm-hmm. and, I, and I'm going to carry that out there there's a lot of the WWE theme to it with AJ has been a fan yeah. of WWE yeah. he travels with them sometimes yeah, you know, um, yeah we talked about that yeah so this is this is something that I think the first thing people would say sometimes is you know what about the safety mm-hmm and my attitude is, you know what? Our safety standards actually exceed that of the National Hockey League. They have four-ounce MMA gloves on. That was my biggest thing. You know, you don't want, no one ever wants to see anybody get hurt no matter what they're doing. But I tune in every month for that MMA, you know, UFC yeah. 260 or whatever. We yep. all have millions and millions of people do. And I think AJ said it best, and I did too, the more I progress along the road. It's not for everybody. Right. You know, some people won't like it, but right. there are watch people. It. That, I think a lot of people are going to like it. There's though. there's a lot of there's a lot of conflict, you know, in the world we're in and and these guys love doing it. You know, there's a prize for them. Uh, but my as I said, the safety thing was my biggest question coming out of it. Mm-hmm. And uh, they have the the leather strap helmet's going to be bucketed right up like a tight under the chin. The gloves, no punching on the ice. Mm-hmm. Um, so there's, there, we have really, really uh, taken, and AJ and Charlie have to make sure the safety is hundred percent because it's a foremost. sanctioned event, right? I mean, it's, it's a sanctioned the- event at River Creek Casino in Edmonton. Okay. Like I'm, I'm so excited to be going out to uh, out to uh, to Alberta. Uh, I lived in Calgary for a year in the Olympic team, so it's just a great chance to get get around um, really great people. Again, people yeah. that I know are going to be great guys. There's some cool judges that are part of it. Yeah. Uh, Sean McMorrow, who's, I think he's had 500 fights in the minors. That's 500 that's fights. That's crazy, man. I mean, just think about it. That's almost fighting every single day. And, we, and if you go down the list, I'll post them. Like, there's some some of the characters, like, I mean, you know, 43 fights in 40 games, oh, seven yeah. post-game majors. Like, they're real <laughs> yeah. characters, you know? Like, And then and the nicknames, like the Hitman. And, oh, yeah, the Jawbreaker. Yeah. The Beast. But, I mean, these are the things I think people like. I think they're going to see quite a show. Um and I, and I know that the, the best part about guys, some really good people around the event. Yeah. About it. Are 100%. you guys, I wonder if you, because it's kind of has a WWE feel a it little does. bit. Um, are they going to do promos? Are the players going to get to do, you know, are you going to be the, 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 the way in the stare down? Are you going to be Gene Okerlund? Yeah. 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 <laughs> well, I always do the mad I like dog. how you used to always like jump when a guy would say something. Yeah. Right? You know, like, <laughs> do the mean, yeah, yeah. but that, that's something said, like, what do you like? So I'm probably going to be like, like Jim Ross. Like, <laughs> yeah, I'm, right? you know, and, and I think that's what our desk is, is going to be very similar. hundred percent. Right? Side, like, yeah, you know, um, you know, by the, whatever it is they do in wrestling by the ring. This is rinkside, not ringside. Right. Yeah, right. So, uh, yeah. so I've been, I've been rinkside before and, and we're going to have fun. It's going to be fun. The yeah. guys are the, 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 the combatter, the combatants are excited about it. The judges are, we have a hall of fame night. Frank, the animal. Will are, you, be going. are you in the hall of fame? No, I'm not in the hall oh. of fame for the fight. I can actually very humbly say, no, I will never be in that hall of fame. Um, Riley Cote, though, you never know. Riley Cote would be the only one who'd qualify in this room for that. <laughs> yeah. Make a comeback. Yeah. Be a judge. Maybe next time. Oh, you'd be a judge. Could, you get called out. 
you're told out. Until yeah. some guys goes up to skinny, skinny Riley and goes, yeah. you're up next. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> we a buck guy. 80 later and we had 240 a, pounders again. We had a guy, I think Travis uh, Levitsky, three, a 6'3", I saw his card the other day, 6'3", 318. Oh, wow. Yeah, no thanks. How yeah. you doing? No thanks. <laughs> <laughs> I'm past that. Yeah. Oh yeah. man. So but anyway, it's gonna it's gonna be cool. And there is you're right, Derek. There's a lot of that that WWE flair to it. The Hall of Fame to start. So we're making an event. It's a new combat sport. Yeah. Uh, but you know, again, it, but it's not because hockey fighting's been around for over a right. hundred years. Right. Yeah. It's yeah. it's older than MMA. I mean, people might say, well, karate and and jujitsu and all those you know ancient, yeah, ancient uh, martial arts, Asian martial arts, yeah. are much, and they are they're much older, but. There's something about a good old Canadian hockey fight yeah. that I still piques people's interest 100%. even in these leagues. And I don't think that'll ever change. And I think if you ask the public in general, what's the one thing you'd love to see back in hockey more of? I'd love yeah. to see that sitting yeah. on a powder cake. Not necessarily begging that it happens, just the possibility. Yeah, right, right. right. Exactly. Yeah, that accountability. I, uh, we said to, or I said to AJ, uh, we had him on. I'm like, you ever seen anyone in their seats when there's a fight? I mean... They usually aren't. No, there usually yeah, aren't yeah. anyone in their seats when yeah. there's a fight. So, um, yeah. th- this is going to be really cool. I it it is. Yeah, it, I'm it, excited to see yeah. how this thing goes. I'm looking forward to it. I know. Thanks for your support, guys. You know, again, it's it's, it's something that uh, I, I think is going to do amazing. I really do. I think guys, people are going to tune in. I think they're going to enjoy it. Yeah. We're going to have uh, we're gonna some great music stuff coming in as well. So, oh, it's going to be awesome. a really cool night at the River Cree and uh, in, in just in Enoch, Alberta, just outside Edmonton. It's five minutes from the West Edmonton Mall, apparently. Okay. So, okay. Yeah, so it's going to be a pretty cool event, and um, uh, and AJ's great. Like, I mean, yeah, he really, really is. He's really just a, has done an incredible job with his effort. We got some great people. Like Cato Kalen is one of uh, of the founders. Remember Cato Kalen? Yeah, yeah, sure, of course. Yeah, like from the old, you know, how, the the, how, how did he end up in? This? Well, yeah, so he's friends with Charlie, and he's like a big player in Hollywood. That's what I first said too. I'm like, someone said, "Oh yeah, Cato Kalen's." I'm like, Cato Kalen. I'm like, isn't that, that the guy? That took, I said, isn't that the guy that bought OJ the Big Mac like an hour before that whole thing happened? <laughs> And I'm like, holy Jesus! So I said, they talk about coming, coming with the world coming around. Yeah, so, I know, yeah. right? But he's what an unbelievable guy! Like, really? just I've talked to him four or five. They're just an incredible person and uh, so full of energy and stuff. And yeah, he's one of the founders too. So and the Galante wow. family, just really good people too. Yeah. You know, they bring a lot of we. You can see they bring a lot of people in that weren't, uh, you know, that work for the Danbury Trashers and 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 they have they have long memories. These guys like yeah. really really passionate about and they, and they have a lot of care for the hockey community and the people that are. involved. Yeah, hundred percent. And AJ is like a natural born promoter, man. Like he's he's born for this, you know. Between yeah. the, you say the wrestling and, and the boxing, and then like making it a hockey event. I mean, he's or a hockey centric event. Yeah, and it's so yeah. funny. He talks about Philly. You know, like we want to do something. We always talk about bringing something. To Bring Philly. it to Philly's Philly. Philly's a fight capital. Whether they, yeah. they want to believe it or not, but we were. You know, we were saying about uh, just just how fun like Philadelphia. He says, you know, he goes, I do boxing. He goes, and he goes, I got these good boxers. You know, come from Connecticut or New York, and he goes, and then. They want to fight a guy in Philly who's like you know thirteen and ten, and it looks good. He goes, Mm-mm. yeah, 13, <laughs> That's right. ten Philly fighters not it's not a matchup you want for your guy coming from <laughs> yeah. there. I he heard was, him say that on your show, and he actually repeated it yeah. uh, when we talked to him. He was like, just don't take that fight. You just don't take it. <laughs> yeah, you know? yeah. So I, that's a reputation again. Philly has as really. Um, in, in a lot of ways, this is, so this is boxing on ice Yeah, right. essentially what it is. You know, mm-hmm. it doesn't have the, you're not going to see a Darnell nurse headbutt. Yeah. Right. right. Uh, you know, they're going to fight with honor. Uh, and that, that's what it is. You know, same, very si- similar to MMA st- style and r- we'll have refs. We have medical doctors on, on, uh, standby. So that's full, good. full operation. And I'm, I'm really excited guys. Yeah. yeah. It's going to be awesome. Yeah, I'm looking forward to see how this thing turns out. Hopefully it's like, he's like AJ says, it's not going to be a one-off event. Like, you know, bring this thing to Philly, bring this place to some, You're gonna be the some old school boss. markets. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Tony Schiavone. Let me tell you something, Tony turn Schiavone. Into, turn into the Paul, into Paul Barrow. Too, <laughs> <laughs> Paul oh, Barrow. That'd be something else. Oh my God. Well, so, yeah, yeah. Yeah, man, we wish you the best in, in, in that in that Thanks, project guys. there. I know you're a perfect fit for it. I'll be carrying it. your spirit with me around oh, all those memories thank you. times. Yeah, yeah absolutely. All those guys, yeah. Um, you're shifting gears a little bit. Um, another passion project of yours, business business of yours, uh, Pennsylvania Recovery Center. Talk yep. a little bit about that and, and how you're helping yes. people out. So, you know what? Last year was very much a trial and error year for us. Went, you know, finding out about... Uh, you know, getting people in with locations, just just kind of going through the gamut. Uh, we decided to change some people at the end of the year. And so I merged with Pennsylvania Recovery Center. We were limitless. That's right. right. We're still the same place in Fishtown, uh, but now we have an access to, you know, another facility in Phoenixville. Okay. So we kind of got the other side of Philly, and then we got, you know, down 
by the river in, in Fishtown. So this is really, guys, more in the last year and a half, probably more than I even talked to you when you first started this. Uh, I've, I've really engrossed myself more into the community with it. I'm doing a lot more speaking. I have a lot more confidence coming out. You know, it's hard sometimes when you're, you know, when you, you come out and you admit, you know, hey, I had an issue. And, um, but I realize now at the end of the day, the only way for me to make an impact on people is to share that story. Yeah, be vulnerable. Con- continue yeah. to share it. It's almost like I strip my clothes every time I do it because, but that's how you get your message across to people and have them understand like, yeah, there's been people like myself. There's, you know, I, I can't begin to tell you like we have the, the amount of lawyers or doctors you see with the same type of issues. Yeah, you know? right. And so it doesn't matter. I mean, so why would a, you know, a professional athlete, which we all know there's plenty of addiction issues that have happened with athletes over the decades they've in pro sports. Yep. But my goal is now to get out, to get those people into treatment, whether they need a 30, 60, 90 day rehab. My thing uh, with, with uh, uh, Pennsylvania Recovery Center is the aftercare. The aftercare is still to me the most important thing. When you go away to a rehab, you know, I, I, I do work with, I think they're one of the best in the world is Karen Recovery in Warnersville. Like, we're really lucky to have places like that around. Mm-hmm. Um, when they go there for, say, 30 days and they're in their housing, you're safe. Like, you're, you know, if you're using heroin uh, or you're an alcoholic, you're going to go in there, they're going to dry you out, and you're going to get, you, you know, you're going to go on your walk to sobriety for 30 days. The problem is, is when you leave there yeah. again, you're going to go home, you're going to pass the same liquor store that you drove your car by every single day for the you know last 10 years. You're going to maybe see your drug dealer yeah. or know that he's still in that same spot. Yeah. So it's being able to, to live life um, in so many ways like that uh, t- to be able to handle and defend what may still be going on in your mind, even though you got 30 days or 60 days under your belt. Yeah. So that's what I want people to know. Like I've been over to Kensington in Philadelphia. Yeah. Um, like you talk about a wake up call. Yeah. Uh, it looked like, I mean, it looked like a war zone. Oh, it's terrible. It's, it's yeah. just like, and, and I think to myself, my God, that's, this is Philadelphia. Like how is this happening? How in America? Happen? Yeah. Right. Yeah. Like people like they, I mean, and, and it's, it's a lot of drug use in, in Kensington. Sure. But what I have seen on top of that is the amount of people making a difference, trying to do things. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of love and compassion in this city. Yeah. And there's a lot of people that will put themselves out there. You know, I'm lucky when my journey of recovery, and I, and I say this, you know, humbly and gratefully, I'm so lucky that I was broad, I was a broadcaster those years. Like, you know, I got it and I, I stayed true to myself. I stayed focused. So from that standpoint, you know, broadcasting and working with the team afterwards was really a blessing. Kept me on the stri- on my straight track. Yeah. Uh, but now it's it's time for me to branch off. I have to, I, I, I never forgot the pain I was in at the end for me. I'd lost my sister uh, in 2006, and and my life for for a while was really off the rails. So I had to own that, um, and I and and I really feel now the the best thing that I can do is to give back and let people know like it's okay. Yeah, like yeah. it's okay. You know, everybody has something wrong with them. Sure, and most people. Oh, probably almost all of them don't want to talk about it. You're right. So yeah, the proud. only way to do it is, like I said, strip your clothes off, be vulnerable, let people know that the things I did, you know, I, I, I never hurt anybody at the end of the day. Like, you know, I was a, I was a drinker, you mm-hmm. know, and it, nothing good comes from over drinking anyway. People know that. Um, but, you know, I've changed my life. You know, my kids have been amazing. Like I've had just received one gift after another, you know, with their athletics, the people that they become. So for me, I, you know, I've been able to quantify that reward because I, you know, I see what my kids are now. Yeah, and that was when I first came out, and I tell people this all the time. You know, you can, you know, if you're a parent of kids and, and you're struggling with addiction, you'll get your kids back if you stay if you do the right thing. Yeah, right. so true. You may not get all the other people you felt you damaged, but your kids will come back to you, and that's the, the great the, the great part for me that that my kids look at me now after you know eleven and a half years sober now, and I'm just dad. I might be dad the idiot. I might be dad <laughs> the donkey. <laughs> But I'm dad, and I'm not dad the drunk. No, and I always dad look, the loving dad. Yeah, right, yeah. and fun, and you know, fun, like I yeah. can, I can do, and and that's why I say, like, with anything there is in sobriety, I can go on and make a video on Facebook to say, hey, it's going to be okay. Yeah, uh, I can come on a show like this and just be completely authentic for an hour and, and just say who I am, you know, whether right, wrong, or indifferent. Yeah. But those are, you know, I can go broadcast ice wars. You know, I can yeah. get out to Edmonton. I can do all these little things now. Um, I can do a podcast. Come on here. Because I'm sober. Yeah. And, you know, and, and that's my gift in life uh, was to myself was I didn't realize I had the struggles. But, you know, life, like I say, like Stallone said in one of those Rockies, you know, life ain't all sunshine and rainbows. That's yeah. the truth. You it's know, true, and man. you get sometimes you get pulled down to the ground and it's a matter of pulling yourself back up out of that and being 
the best version that you were supposed to be of yourself. And that's what I try to do every single day. Yeah, absolutely. And it sounds like you have, you have purpose, right? I mean, that's a I huge, have purpose now. huge part of us as a spiritual being is having purpose, right? You got to have something to wake up in the morning to look forward to. And once you don't, I think that's where it gets hairy. You talked about the integration stuff. Um, like it's, it's easy to go away for 30 days, right? Yeah. Because it's like a safe container. Everybody's watching. You're yeah, it's in like there. The, yeah. the bachelor effect. It's like you're going away. Everything, the foods, everything's provided for you, safe container. But then you got to go back into the real world and deal with stressors and the things that would prompt you to maybe sliding back down into that way of life, right? But if you have a purpose and something, you know, you said you had the broadcasting, it's something to lean on. Like actually gave you something. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I, you know, I get up, I, I go out and meet, I go speak at recovery centers, mm-hmm. you know, for 30, 40 minutes at a time. I share my story of, uh, you know, my experience, strength and hope, you know, that's what it's all about. You know, it's a give back. You know, I, I don't get too deep. You know, people say, Oh, you don't get too deep. Don't get, I don't they say, don't talk about AA and stuff, but you know, I'm a step one and a step 12 guy. You know, I admit mm-hmm. it. Like I can, I can never drink. Doesn't work, but step 12, also give back. Yeah, get, out, get the message out and help yeah. that other person still suffer. It's a lot of people that are, and you may not know them. And that's the biggest thing, too. I don't know, maybe I've gotten a little softer in my old age, right? Maybe I haven't either, but I always <laughs> tell people, um, you know, be kind to each other because 100%. you just never know where somebody else is at in that yeah. moment. That's in time. so true. It's such a valuable true. piece Very of information, true. yeah. Because yeah. everyone's going through their shit. You mentioned earlier, everyone's going through their shit. Everyone's a different part of the path, you know. So it's like everybody be, has something wrong with them, every, yeah. you know. Whether you you got you're dealing with a financial thing. I mean, look at the mothers dealing with baby formula stuff. Yeah, it's right. Like, yeah, yeah, exactly. I read an article yeah. this morning. It's a real problem. Imagine that. You so everybody's got some anxiety or angst over something in the world. Yeah, and and it's how you uh, it's how you deal with that. Hundred you know? percent. And always asking for help. That's the other thing I tell people in recovery. If you're struggling, don't ever be ashamed or scared to ask for help. Just say I need help. Yeah. And you're gonna have people waiting for you. In droves. Yeah. That's yep. that's how it is. But everybody, the more you don't do it, then you become vilified because you continue with that same right. behavior. I want to ask you your, your opinion on like preventative measures. We all talk about mental health, right? Everyone's yeah. throwing these terms around, but like I, I don't see a whole lot of solutions out there before you go down these dark paths. Like what, what would you tell uh, a, a, young, a young kid that's dealing with the pressures of life? And trying to help preserve their mental health so we don't have to go down these dark paths and then have to actually engage in recovery, you know, if we can avoid it if possible. And that's the thing, the preventative measures. Like, you know, like, I don't have the exact answer, Riley, and I don't think there's an exact medication that that, that does that. I think it's being uh, around the most positive environment you can be in. 100%, yeah. Yeah. But there's so many things now that just derail society in general. Video games, cell phones, internet. I mean, these are social media. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I mean, I tell kids now when I go out, I'm like, just be careful what you do. Yeah. You know, like, because social media can ruin your life on it. Well, yeah, those tools, they're tools, right? And they can be misused. And then they, it's like taking a hammer. And that creates a mental health problem. Right, 100% Process for a person. Because they say something and then they get hounded by 50 people. Yeah. Or 100 people. You got to defend your your, your character and And all this other stuff. Who you are. Yeah, right. Yeah. So if you're going to put something out there. Stand by it. Yeah, and right. Don't. That's a, the, probably the biggest lesson in life is that the sooner you can forget about what people think about you, that's the truth. The way better off you're going to be in yeah. life because people are going to just. Sometimes people just don't want to give you the benefit of the doubt. Yeah, yeah. yeah that's that is so true, right? Yes. People just can't wait to to jump to jump on. on. Yeah, yeah. So that's wait. why I always tell you: be have the most conviction you can in yourself. Believe yeah. in yourself. Believe in the good that you have. Yeah, that's it. And 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 lean on that. Yeah. Wise words, Bundy. Yeah, well, I'm not. A, I'm not a messiah, Doctor like that, Bundy. But I, I no, just, but these are the words I say going. On. I mean, again, and, and it's all from my own experience. Yeah, you know, just from my, the things that I've gone through. And that's the what makes that it I, genuine, right? It does, and, and I don't want other players to go through it. You know, like it was. It's. It was hard on me physically. Oh, mentally, yeah. it was brutal. You know, but yeah. can't imagine. But it was also at the end of the day, you know, I didn't have to go through it. I did go through it. But it's probably my my biggest form of pride, I guess, is, is me getting you know one day at a time, eleven and a half years almost, and. And I, I will have to do that again tomorrow too. Yeah. So. Well, it gives people hope. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's just one of those things. We, we like, do recover. Yeah, yeah exactly. Right, Body's yeah. designed to heal. The mind's designed to heal. Just got to nurture it, and, you that's know, it. and nourish it, and all those good, all the good things you're talking about, and environment, and people you're around, yeah. right? And positivity and yeah. mindset. All good stuff, man. Well, we appreciate you, Bundy. Yeah, everything man. you're doing. Yeah, I love coming on, guys. Oh, Recovery awesome. center, everything you're doing out in the community. You're banging the drum being truthful not sugarcoating shit we love that yeah well i don't know any other way i mean yeah. probably, i think it's a really good trait to have. it's I, a great I, trait I, I think i like developed it at like 
I think I developed it like maybe at the early part of my recovery, to be honest with you. I just like, you know what? Fuck it. I'm not, well, I, Let's be honest you know, here, It's a right? great yeah. thing. I mean, maybe, maybe. I mean, I've, I've spoke pretty honestly about the hockey team for years. Maybe yeah. someone did, clearly didn't like it at the end of the day, but, you know, I yeah. didn't sell myself off to go yeah. lie, to, lie to the fans about well, how good it. the team was when they sucked all, you know, when they yeah. stunk for the whole year. Yeah. Yeah. So. And that's why you're appreciated, you know, because yeah. people want to hear the truth. Yeah, that's that's true. That's true. Really. So, well, we appreciate you coming on, man. Great show, guys. Yeah, as always, always a huge fan of Nasty Knuckles. You guys are the best team, both teammates, great teammates, and uh, love you both, guys. Thanks yeah, love you too, brother. Good luck, uh, May 21st. Yes, can't May wait. May 21st, Enoch, which is Edmonton. Nine o'clock is we at Fight.TV. Ice Wars. Don't miss it. Beautiful. Do not Let's miss it. it. Thanks, Bundy. Thanks, guys. Thanks, Barb. All right, big thank you to our friend Chris Terrian, a.k.a. Bundy. What an amazing human. Oh, yeah. Appreciate him hopping on, spending some time in studio 2.0. Yeah, it was nice to see him. Hadn't seen him in a little bit. and um, Nice to have him here. A little different than uh, when we had him on as a, a interview as far as his career and everything. And uh, so mm -hmm. it was nice to have him in and talk about these things he's got going, man. He's a, he's a busy man as well, just like AJ. Uh, yeah, I don't know. Bundy's running around like a chicken with his head cut off, but getting a lot of things done and it's impressive, man. And really proud of him for his, uh, you know, his recovery center. It's amazing. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and, you know, I loved how he talked about that and, you know, being able to tell his story and not be embarrassed. Hey, look, look this happens. Everybody's got something wrong. We all know it. Like, you know, you don't go around telling everyone, but he's got a really unique story. Knuckles, I'm going to drop you, Knox. I'm going to drop Knuckles. It's all right. So, um, he just wants, hey, dude, he thinks we need to get him, so he wants to be in the show. Oh, yeah. Well, he, he, want, he wants a little love, too. You know, he's like, he wants some love. Give him the cam. Let's go. Yeah. But, uh, you know, he's he's uh, come a long way and he does a lot of good, man. And he's giving back to people. Absolutely. So, you know, he, he the one good thing about uh, Chris is that he says what he feels. You know, and, <laughs> 100%. And, you know sometimes it's like you're like, whoa. But I mean, he doesn't sugarcoat it and right. kind of got a. I've always I been to really respect that. Yeah, I do too. And, and, you know, there's some things I could probably pipe up about, but I haven't yet. And, uh, you know, I got to give him credit cause he, he calls it out how he sees it. And I, I like that about him. I like it yeah, a lot. No it's a hundred percent. And that's important too. When you're doing work, like he's doing, um, with recovery and addiction, obviously, like you have to be honest, right? I mean, you can't, you can't hide. And, um, you know, I think he, he talked about it, you know, how he's over the years been more vocal and got more comfortable speaking his mind. And, um, yeah, I think since he's been sober and everything. So, um, yeah, I think, uh, there's there a lot of lessons there in, uh, in the episode, you know, especially being vulnerable and, and, and telling your story, right? I mean, it can help save a life and, and possibly more than one because, you know, everyone's everyone's going through their version of of their shit, so. Right, exactly. Appreciate him. Yeah, and Appreciate I'm glad. Uh, I'm, I'm happy about him jumping on there with AJ with this. Uh, yeah, I know. I can't wait to see before, this. Man. I can't wait this coming weekend. Um, I've been looking at the fight cards rigs, and one stuck out to me. Kind of because of the nicknames, which I love, they have. Uh, <laughs> Beautiful. The, the one, uh, the one guy's name's Travis Check, I believe that's how you pronounce it. But his nickname is Loose Cannon. Huh, Ooh. Really? Okay. Yeah, well, yeah, right. I think Sean. everyone in here is a loose cannon. Yeah, right. to it. Uh, and the other guy is um, Bo Cornell, and his uh, nickname is Jawbreaker, which would scare me. Um, of course. But what really stood out to me, the reason I'm bringing that up is because uh, the loose cannon is five foot seven. And he weighs oh, 205. Man. Okay. 205. <laughs> oh, Could you imagine wait. me weighing 60 pounds more than I do right now? Oh, and, man. You have to do a couple taller, cycles. Man. I'm going to give myself 5'8. Wow. You're going to have to do a couple cycles, Nasty. Sadsy. I'm five foot eight. Put my shoes on. Uh, <laughs> but the thing about it is, the, the thing I'm actually concerned for the jawbreaker because, or not the jawbreaker, sorry, for loose cannon because the guy he's fighting, the jawbreaker, Bo Cornell, is 6'3 and 218. Now, I can only imagine the reach advantage 
that the jawbreaker oh, yeah. has on this guy. Like, I mean, maybe this guy just gets right in there tight and just starts chucking. He doesn't give a shit. Probably is the way it's going to be. Yeah. But these are the things that people probably aren't even looking at. But to me, I'm like, man, this guy, if he strings him out, not that I've done it, but I've seen you do it. I've seen a hundred million fights. That guy's got a huge reach advantage. Oh yeah, yeah, he's I mean, in that's trouble. Only one, that's only one of the fights, but this is gonna be this is gonna be amazing, man. I, I'm yeah. so pumped for it. Yeah, not not to mention the guy. I'm not sure what his name is, but he's floating around three bills plus, like three eighteen or something like that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like, awesome. He gets a hold of jawbreaker there <laughs> or loose cannon. He'll be he'll be in some trouble. Yeah, I don't know. You, you know what? I haven't seen yet, and I think I think it's up, but I like how it's all like the brackets or whatever you want to call right. it. Yeah. Uh, obviously there's weight, different weight divisions, uh, from the way they were talking, but, uh, this is going to be interesting, man. I, I'm really pumped for it. I think it's yeah. going to do really well. I and hope I think it does. It'll just, it'll just grow. I think, I mean, you're going to get more people that want to do this, you know? So yeah, I'd like to think so. You know, it's, enter- it's entertainment. It's, it's, yeah. uh, there's always going to be a market for, for fights, sanctioned fights, and um, yeah. this is just a unique version of that. So we'll see how it goes, and wish them all the best. All the fighters, the best. All the judges. Yeah, Bundy. Nothing serious, you know. No serious injuries. Yeah, hopefully. Exactly. And, and, you know, like he said, they've done a really good job preparing for that side of it uh, medically. Yeah. You know, with the guys' helmets, you know, staying on the glove. And, and you know, it's a good thing they have those gloves on, man. Riles, you got oh, yeah. for a living, and. It ain't fun. It's still gonna hurt with a glove on. Doesn't matter, but yeah. Um, you know, I wonder, Riggs. You may know. I wonder if like part of fighting in hockey is is grabbing on and getting a good hold, or you know. Yeah, like, I'm not sure what the type of gloves actually are. are the, the padded ones with uh, with finger holes, or if they're like closed. Uh, I would yeah. think that there would there would have to be some finger holes, right? Because I, I I've sparred with those back in the day. Yeah, yeah, you would think you would. I don't think know, so. like four ounce swabs with little. They must. I mean, I have a hard time yeah. believing they would be able to grab on without that. Yeah, I would. I would think so. So we'll see. It's going to be we'll interesting. See. I'm excited to watch. Yeah, you and me both, Nast. Well, that's it. It's episode seventy four in the books. Yes. Make sure you tune in next week, episode seventy five. Until then, stay safe, knuckleheads. See you, knuckleheads. The secret to summer-ready skin is here. Osea's number one best-selling Andaria Algae Body Oil, clinically proven to instantly improve skin elasticity and transform dry skin to silky, soft, and unbelievably glowing. Its signature scent of freshly squeezed grapefruit, cypress, and mango mandarin transports you to sun-kissed summer days. Get healthy, glowing skin for summer with clean, vegan skincare from Osea. Get 10% off your first order site-wide with code GLOW at OseaMalibu.com.